Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 106 of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am K. Chris Gardner, owner of the Houston Round Ball Review. You see my colleagues, Andy Yanez from Paul Samajama, Willie Gibson from WTG Sports. And joining us will be a special guest who I've known for a long time, probably longer than Andy has been alive. <laughs> we'll be back after this mellow vibe. Nice mellow vibe here on FTS. Does not indicate how the tenor of today's show is going to be because at some point in the show, we're going to talk about James Harden and his drama. But for the time being, Andy, how are you, sir? Doing good, Chris. How are you? Doing great. Brother Gibson, how are you, sir? Doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Well, what is the temperature right now in Ohio? Right now? The temperature in Columbus is a great question. Currently, it is 85 degrees. 85. Right now, my laptop says it is 106 here in H Town. Will. That's what he said. Now, Thursday will be 95. 95 is coming. <laughs> it's still not 106. Will. Degrees yeah. any day of the week here. 95. Yeah. I think maybe Tuesday will end the streak of. 100 plus maybe it, it's the it looks like south. the um tropical system is going to go south of here so the rain chance will be, we have not had measurable rain i think in since june <laughs> july july 6th was the last <laughs> whatever time. it's been too long it's, it's a long time miss wanda how are you doing she's i thought she's at the theater but she's chiming in with us i'm going to bring in carlos quintero who i've known well let's let it let him tell you about how long we know each other. Los, how are you, my friend? Hey, how's it going, Chris? Andy, uh, Willie Gibson, this is Carlos. We've known each other. How long, Los? I mean, at least the 90s. Uh, my, my days at Rice started in the 90s. So whenever you trickled in, I did um, I did uh, remember you were with the Stealth. I listened to yep. it. So even back then, we were. <laughs> it's a long time. That's a long, long time. 20-some years, right? <laughs> at, at, at least, yeah. And Carlos, let everybody know a little bit about your your background and why were you at Rice? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Andy, Willie, hello. Um, I start, I came out to school at Rice. I started in the uh, early 90s. Um, I became a student manager for the women's basketball team. And then Coach McKinney, that was the head coach at the time, she uh, – she saw something in me that I, uh, you know, developed my craft in, in basketball and she hired me and I stayed there till 2010. And then uh, for the last, I'm now entering my 14th year at Sharpstown High School. So it's been kind of uh, 19 years at Rice and now 14 years at Sharpstown. And what are you doing at, at Sharpstown? So I am the athletic coordinator. Uh, I'm still involved with girls uh, basketball, the head coach. Uh, I also do track, and then I teach Spanish. Wow. Andy, see the see the parallel? <laughs> the full, yes, most definitely. <laughs> That's a full slate, man. Right. So, right. Andy, tell Carlos about your 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 uh, your track right now. Uh, my track is exactly uh, well, not exactly the same, but pretty similar. Just very very um, expedited. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly to describe the process, but yeah, I spent the last four years similar to Chris around the University of Houston covering uh, specifically football hoops the last couple of seasons at the University of Houston. Uh, this year's my first year uh, going back to where I graduated high school, being a teacher there. So I'm going to be, I'm an English teacher, specifically English too. And funny thing, I have the exact same title as well as athletics coordinator <laughs> at my school, which is funny to hear that. So, awesome. What school are you at? Uh, yes, Prep Southeast. Okay. And he's he also coaches coaches basketball, right? Yes, sir. Nice, nice. <laughs> so the small world in parallel. Right. Yep. So Los and I saw each other last Saturday at the Houston ISD Hall of Honor ceremony. Right. 
and had not seen each other in a while. But I finally asked him again if he had come on, if he had time to be on the show. And he said yes, and he got the approval and all that. So that's why he is here as a guest on Folks Talking Sports. So Miss Wanda, Joe Mendez watching us on YouTube. We got a rice owl perspective, so don't hate on us. We do things, you know, expand the sports world here on Folks Talking Sports. It's not just the Cougs or the Rockets. Talk about rice. Sharpstown. How do you you end up at Sharpstown? (laughs) Uh, I was supposed that was the first school I went to interview. I was supposed to go to five schools, Milby, Lamar, and two private schools. That happened to be the first school that at the time their business manager was a Rice grad. I didn't know that. Um, but I went in, I interviewed with Devin Heasley. I don't know if you remember him. He was the AC at Sharpstown. I walked in, you know, and when he saw my, he's like, wait, you're a associate head coach for Rice Women's Basketball and you want to come coach and teach at Sharpstown? I was <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, yes, I'm going to the high school ranks. They're like, so what's going on? I go, after 18 years, you know, after, I guess at that time, I'm counting my years as a student, but after 12 years of just traveling and I, I wanted to slow down and catch kids earlier, right? Um, I, I thought I could do a good job of that, catching them in high school. Uh, so I walk in to this campus, who at the time was also going to get a new principal, unbeknownst to me, okay. right? And so I, I, you know, I'm interviewing, AC's like, Look, man, if it worked to me, I'd give you the job right now. But we have a new principal. He needs to, you know, he doesn't come. We don't know when he's going to come in sometime this week. And I thought, hey, no worries. I'll come back. As I'm walking out, who walks in? The new principal. And for the next two, three hours, we are talking about Elon basketball. He's an Elon guy. We're talking about Elon basketball. Wow. Nice kids. And he says, you are not going to go anywhere this is this is where you need to be and sure enough i didn't go to the other interviews like i talked to some other people and i talked to some of the kids there that they had workouts going on it was this summer and it's just weird that's my trajectory it was my trajectory has been i come in i talk to somebody and they're like you're the guy i mean that's how it was at rice that's how i got into rice that's how i got the job with coach mckinney I mean, I tell it if you have we don't have enough time to tell you, but everything that has happened in my career has been conversations where I meet somebody and they're like, you're the guy. Stay here. And somehow I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Andy, can you relate to that? A little bit different, but different and similar at the same time. I don't want to go if I go too much into specifics, we might be here the whole the whole <laughs> evening. Right? Yeah. But but I think also I think Andy, maybe you know, you do the same. When that opportunity did open, I didn't second guess it. I was like most definitely. This is it. I mean, this this path has been paved, it's opened. Why am I gonna try and second guess it and go somewhere else? And that's why I've you know been fortunate. Yeah, most definitely to add on to that point. Um, priorities. Prior, whenever you start prioritizing something over what you always thought you would, uh, you were aiming for, that's really when, like you said, you don't second guess it. Yep. Los, do you still keep in touch with uh, folks from Rice? I do. I do. You know, like, I mean, uh, it, it, again, you know, we could, we could be here forever. I did so many things at Rice. I dabbled in everything. Even when I was a coach, you know, I, I wanted to know everybody. I wanted to know what people were doing and, and you know, just implement things that I learned all around. Um, you know, obviously athletics. I'm still involved with athletics. Uh, I took on volleyball a couple years back and Volpe got texted texts from me day and night and weekends. <laughs> and I was like, how do I become a, a great volleyball player? She's like, come on, calm down. You're at high school, you're, you know. Um, I keep up with, uh, food, housing and dining. They support us. Um, you know, uh, I, as I mentioned, I'm Spanish, so I teach AP Spanish and every year, with the exception of a couple of years of COVID, 
they support us by uh, giving our AP Spanish kids breakfast tacos. So like you name it, departments, uh, athletics is the strongest one I still stay in touch with, uh, present and past, um, you know, track, everybody. I, I'm, I'm a rice guy. You know, I, I think I texted you this, Chris. I'm a rice shop sound guy. Yeah. You know, that's the two loves of my life right now. You know, I'm single, but I'm sharp sound. I'm a, I'm an owl through and through with that Apollo fire. How, how has your experience since you've been at Sharpstown, how has that changed? Evolved, that's a better word. Evolved, yeah. I think, I think the word is evolved. You know, um, like Rice, um, you know, when we were at Rice, people were like, oh, women's basketball. You know, one of the things we said, we could be top 50. People were like, no, you can't. Look at them now, right? Women's basketball. Right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, same, when I got to Rice, people were like, what are you doing? Obviously, right at the time, you know, 2010, Sharpstown is, um, you know, we made we made the news. Uh, if, if people haven't seen, uh, I was actually uh, PBS came in and did a documentary on us, um, interviewed kids, and we were on a we were in a shift. You know, uh, Sharpstown was struggling, and what we were then to what we are now are light years. You know, I mean, kids are amazing. The kids back then were amazing too, but I think the structure, um, I think the um, motivation, maybe, you know, it was funny. I still remember this. Kids were like, even the kids, when I would be in the room and, you know, talk to them about who I was, what I did, they were like, uh, wait, what? Like, are you going to be here after Christmas? And I was like, I, I signed for a year. I'm like, are you telling me something? I was like, I signed here for a year. So, I think the things that we've done, I always say this every year, even when I was at Rice, we can do more. Um, but where we are and what we've done collectively, because, you know, it's not it's not one person. You know, what athletics is, is not me. It's, it's all the coaches that have been there even before we were there, um, I think is amazing. I, I think we, we still have things that we're going to be able to uh, bring uh, forth. Uh, and, and, you know, we just need to, we need to communicate all the great things that are happening. I mean, I've been there for 14 years. Uh, there must be, I know there's something going on, right? Because otherwise, why would I be there? I don't believe I've ever asked you this. <laughs> I've been asked a couple of times uh -oh. okay. a long, long time ago. Yeah. But why women's basketball? How did you get involved <laughs> with women's basketball? So again, it's one of those, something happens, right? I, I was a gym rat all my life, but I ran cross country and, and uh, track. I was a, believe it or not, I was a 438 miler. Uh, and that only got me sixth place out of district. Wow. El Paso was tough. El Paso was tough. Um, but when I got to uh, Rice, I, I loved running and I loved playing basketball. So I was in the gym back then, Autry Court. You know, now Tudor Fieldhouse, right back then, Archer Court. With that, with that cement floor, that hard, that hard court. Floor, yeah. No fans, you know, it was, it was, you know, those, those short blue shorts and the gray, the gray shirts. And back then, kids had to take PE. So I had to take PE, right? Uh, so I was in the gym all the time. Uh, some random day, I'm walking up the, up the stairs. It's four or five o'clock in the afternoon. And this big old guy, Willie Hatchell, assistant coach at the time <laughs> yep. is giving is giving these kids Nike gear and Nike shoes. And I go, excuse me, sir. Um, what's going on here? Like, he's like, you play basketball. I go, yes, sir. He's like, you go to rice. I go, yes. He's like, what year are you? I'm like, I'm a junior. He's like, all right. You want to try and get some of this? I go, yeah. He's like, come to my office. I walk into his office. We talk about basketball. We talk about what I do. I tell him I'm here on the, at the gym all the time. I told him, I tell him I've been at the games. I know who the kids are. You know, the girls are. As a matter of fact, you have one of the top point guards at the time, Jessica Garcia and Kim Lalonde were at Baker. So I was like, yeah. I know these girls, um, you know, and then he pulls out, you know, he's like, what size are you? I'm like, I'm an 11. He pulls out a box and goes, here you go. We'll see you at practice tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> I start, I become a, a, a scout team. So I was part of the first Rice women's basketball scout team. 
Wow. See, I did not know that. See, yeah. That, that was how, it. How about that? Yep. From that time to now, from what you've seen, how has college basketball, heck, women's basketball, how has it evolved? I mean, wow, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the technology, the, 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 just the athleticism, the, uh, the game has just gone faster, you know, even on the women's side, right? Uh, back then, I'll be honest, when we first started, when I first started as scouts, uh, scout team, student manager, um, kids were, we, we didn't have as athletic teams as I see now. You know, I was telling Volpe this like four or five years ago, I think right before COVID, I was like, man, even volleyball, like the, the these, these, you know, 18, 19 uh, female athletes that we're getting, are, are just were amazing right I mean right. Just, I mean I think so that I think that in a sense has evolved and then you know back in the day we used to you know do visits and all that I mean that that's how with technology now kids are like by their sophomore junior year they're like no I'm coming here so that part I I'm glad I'm out of the game I, I'm glad I'm not in the college dealing with all that but uh, it's amazing to see just how the the athleticism, even at a place like Rice, because I've always thought we had very athletic uh, players. But even now, I'm like, man, the, these kids, I, I'd put them up against, you know, I'd still put up our 2000, uh, you know, our, our conference championship teams against any of them. But uh, they, they have gotten better. Yeah. Willie, you got any questions for Los in these final moments? Uh, no, no, sir. Los, what are your goals for this year at Sharpstown? Well, you know, as always, um, making sure that we, we equip these kids with, with everything, not just about winning or losing it on the, on the field or on the course, but, you know, the academics, uh, giving them opportunities, making them see the potential and the opportunities that athletics and academics can do for them, not at, only at the high school level, but um, after that. So, you know, I, I, we have a group that is excited. You know, funny enough, we have a new principal. So I'm, I'm back in like 2000. I, I feel rejuvenated again. I, I feel excited about where we're going to head. And so I'm just looking for, you know, a, a great year and, and providing everything we can for these kids uh, to be better. And, you know, for, for, for them to find a rice, kind of like myself or kind of like what Andy, find their path to uh, um, something great that can leverage them into a career of wherever they go. How long do you want to continue in education? <laughs> as long as they kick me out, as long as they keep me in, not kick me out. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been fortunate. Like I said, I've had several principals at Sharpstown. Um, everybody has allowed me to provide the opportunities that that we can. Um, of course, I've gotten a lot of no's, but we've always found ways to get that get it done. You know, and and HSD Athletics, Andre uh, is very receptive about just making all of us better. So I think I'm sticking around until, you know, all the fields on campus, the building, people are like, man, look, that's Sharp Sound Athletics. And kid, here's my biggest goal, and I've said this for years. I want kids in the summer to come to Sharpstown to learn, learn and, and improve their skill in whatever sport and who cares where they go? But when people ask them, hey, how'd you how'd you learn or how'd you get into this? Oh, I went through Sharpstown. Yeah. That's it. That's all I want. And do you got any, any questions or comments for Los before we let him go? No, sir, I do not. It was really cool to get to hear uh, Mr. Cantaro's story, uh, especially like you alluded to, Chris Perlos. Los, you know I got to uh, give you a dig because I'm a Waltrip graduate. So... <laughs> Kids, you can do what you want to too, but uh, you know, hey, you went to Wall Trip. They don't know that instead of Sharp Sound, but it's all HISD love. Carlos, yeah. thank you very much, man. Absolutely. We'll do this again. We're going to talk. You and I are going to talk some Rice women's basketball. Let's do it. And say hi to any of the former players who I haven't heard from in a, in a long time, and share this segment with them, especially Coach Hatchell, because I did not know that. That's a great story. Yeah. So tell him I said hi too. And, and I, I look forward that. to talking to you throughout this season, my friend. Take care. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Good to talk take to you all. All right. Take care. Carlos Quintero, Rice, and Sharpstown. Now, what, 14 years in Sharpstown now? 14. 
14 years and counting. Carlos Quintero, you take care. Appreciate it. See y'all. Brother Gibson. Brother Gibson. Yes, sir. James Harden says Daryl Moore is a liar. Mm-hmm. What say you? And he repeated himself. He said, yeah, he said it twice. I would no longer be a part of an organization that he is a part of. What say you, sir? Do you care? No. <laughs> Truthfully, no. Uh, he, he's doing whatever it takes. He's gaslighting to get himself out of there. He, Come on, this is what, the fourth team? That he's done, or the fourth time, rather, he's done something similar to this. Yeah. So it's wash, rinse, repeat. That's what he does. That's what he does. Andy, what are your thoughts on on James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar? Like Will said, wash, rinse, repeat. He's been doing it for the past four years since he left Houston. Uh, not four years, uh, two years, but it feels like it's been a while because the numerous teams that he's been a part of. But Marco said at the end of the day, it's real leverage. I think it's very interesting that the day before Shams's report came out about James Harden or the video um, of James Harden repeating it twice was the report that the 76ers were not going to trade him and they were going to hold him in in camp. Clearly, it was just... Honestly, it was another broken promise in terms of Harden had the option to opt out this year, this free agency period. He chose not to, and I'm assuming the big reason for that is because he was promised that they were going to find a trade destination for him, and then that changed. And that's ultimately the reason why he went um, and leaked to the reporters to have it posted on social media and make headlines for those 24-hour news cycle. Yeah what, yeah, what do y'all believe James feels that they lied to him about? The trade? Getting traded. The free agent money? What? That's my issue with this whole thing. He opted in. He had the option to be a free agent. It wouldn't be an issue of trying to find a trade. Why would, why would, he, why would he put his future? Most players want to get to free agency so they can choose their next destination. He, for whatever reason, apparently he was told some things, opted in to allow Philadelphia to trade him to his preferred destination. I, I, that That's the part where I'm, he loses me because you have the option to opt out and go. Perhaps, okay, he's looking, I'm trying to leave, I'm not trying to leave money on the table. But if you truly wanted to get to the Clippers, you left him no leverage. He told, I want to go to the Clippers. So, the Clippers, A, are probably lowballing Philly because they know he wants to come there. B, no one else is stepping up to the plate to offer any other deal. So that's on him. Like you had the option to be a free agent. You could you could have did the Russ Westbrook sign for two years. Amen. Which this is crazy to me. Why would he want to go back to the Clippers with Russ when it didn't work in Houston? Andy, what, what do you say about Will? What Will just said. All valid points, but that's where we're in the situation that we're in right now. Again, at, at this point, it's kind of like the, the boy who cried wolf when it comes to Harden and trying to find his next perfect destination. It's drama. Philadelphia's a mess. Um, and really something that we had talked about when Daryl Morey and, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, Tad Brown as well. They went, yeah. they became rockets north up in philadelphia and it's kind of fallen flat in his face and uh, as the old saying goes uh, the definition of insanity insanity is when you keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over again it fits in more ways than one in that situation situation in philadelphia this statement from Corey, i i wonder about i agree this yeah. because for folks who are will listen to this audio version, Corey's statement is, I think the first quote-unquote lie was him being promised money this offseason after taking a pay cut last year. Okay, but then why since December, well, when Wode first leaked it, reported it, was the expectation that the Rockets were going to give him a fat-ass offer? That wasn't Philly. So 
Woe said that, and it quickly died down after roughly a week or so, because I think Daryl Morey was going to accuse the Rockets of tampering. But for a brief while, heck, for a little while, everybody expected James to come back to the Rockets. I said it on here, and I was like, please don't. Please don't. Don't do it more than two years, you know, team option, player option in the second year or whatever. And the rumors of, of four years, I'll hang up the phone to him. <laughs> don't make that mistake. And the clip with Windhorst. Someone's going to pay James four years, $200 million, $50 million per. Remember that? I still got the yeah. audio on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So where'd that come from? Then before James opted in to stay in Philly, the reports were everyone expected Philly to resign James to a good contract. Initially, we thought it was going to be a max deal. And then close and close to, to free agency, it would not going to be a max deal. So maybe James is expecting max money. But then... I think Philly ownership, Mordero said, oh, yeah, James, you're not a max player, <laughs> so we're not giving you max money. Yeah. And James said, well, I'm going to opt in to my last year of my contract so y'all can trade me to the Clippers. Huh? If James wanted to win, this is my take on this. If James wanted to win, have a best shot at a championship, win, he could have become a free agent. Chose where he wanted to go. Signed for whatever that team has, veteran exception, whatever it is. Yep. And get that chip or get to the finals or whatever. Instead, he opted to opt into the last year of his deal, force a trade to the Clippers. Make it make sense, y'all. Make it make sense to me. There's no way to. It doesn't. He's got plenty of money. And I, it, I don't want to go that part. He chose to do this himself. He could have gone the different route. He chose to opt in the last year of his deal. He's Right now, he's stuck. As long as Daryl Morey, there's nothing in, nothing written on a napkin, Will, yeah. like Minnesota did years ago with Joe Smith. I said, ask Joe Smith about that. <laughs> yeah, nothing like that. It's he said, he said. So the league can investigate again. <laughs> Philly. I'm not sure what they're going to uncover. You know, this, the Rocket fans, NRG, Texas, right here. Ain't no feelings being hurt by the Rocks pass no hard. Rocket fans are like, yep. Glad he didn't bring that mess back here. <laughs> they're, not, they're not worried at all about James. They like where the Rockets situated. But the iron, inter interesting thing to me, the athletic reports that James Harden has no currently has no plans to be in Sixers camp, training camp. Woj and ESPN, according to their sources, say James will be at training camp. So there's some issue there. But the key is, according to the CBA, James Harden, if he wants to be a free agent next summer, Yep. Cannot miss more than 30 days of training camp. Because if he does, then he will not be a free agent unless Philly says, it's okay, James. We don't mind you missing all the camp. We're still going to let you be a free agent next summer. That ain't happening. That's not going to happen. So James being, I think, wise and having good, sometimes I wonder about the business advice he's, he's getting, might miss 29 days of camp <laughs> and say, all right, here I'm here now. Y'all make sure y'all y'all mark it down. I'm Which here. Is something similar that he did his last year in Houston. You know, James, he, he's consistent, but James, the bas James, the basketball player, is different than James, the, the the person. James has been in town since, as in Houston, since Thursday. He had his famous James Harden weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It might have the comedy stuff, events going on tonight, whatever. I didn't get the info like I have in previous years. 
drop off that honey bun to you, Chris? I, 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 I got dropped off the list. Ooh. So, hey, maybe he watches these shows and doesn't like me calling him fat and whatever kind of stuff. But, hey, you do you. I'm going to do me. But whatever. Where he had the softball event yesterday. I didn't, I didn't see any clips. And did you see anything in the sports news about no. it yesterday? I don't know. But good to go to them because that was hot yesterday, too. But basically, Willie, he did an exclusive interview with one of my colleagues at the local sports station in town. And he said that he was asked, why are you, you still giving back Houston? Well, Houston took care of me. The city showed me love when I was here. It took care of me. I want to give back. So he's feeding like 4,000 families, giving them school supplies for the kids, backpacks, all those things. Great things. That part of James is that's commendable. Mm-hmm. But this basketball stuff from James, man, what do you want to do with your basketball career? Do you want to get paid? Or do you want to try to compete for a championship? Because sometimes you can't do both the older you get. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid's like, oh, what is what do you what do y'all think Joel is saying right now? Bro. He's looking a few miles down south. See how Jimmy Butler has had success in South Beach. That's what he's doing. But it can't be Jimmy Buckets, Joel, and Dame. That ain't that's not gonna work. Uh, they would have nothing if they get Dame. Right? Right. So Willie, what do you think Joel's thinking? He's no longer processing if you follow that. And that's always funny to me that people, well, he scrubbed every mention of Philly off his social media. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. indicator that he's trying to, I mean, I don't know. But, oh, yeah, he's, he's not pleased without question. Without question. Because like, he's, he's like, he's probably like, you allowing these dudes to do it again. You let Ben Simmons do it, and now you're letting this dude do it. Yeah. So. I mean, Chris, let's call a spade a spade. Whenever Daryl Morey and uh, Rockets North took over the 76ers, it's just been downhill. It's been, I mean, honestly, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. It's been a mess. And part of me, Will, I like I like the name you coined. Petty Pendergrass. Petty, that's me. Petty Pendergrass, that's me. I wasn't a fan of Daryl Morey here. I did not kiss his ring like many media did here when he was in town. So see him dealing with the mess he's dealing with in Philly, I just I'm not sad. I'll just put it like that. I'm I'm not sad because he and Tad Brown and others helped create the James Harden monster when James was here with the Rockets. James, what do you want to do? Okay, James, it's all right. James, you do whatever you want to do to come game time, get that 40, 15, and 10, whatever. James, you do you. You want to go to the club? All night, come practice late. Do you? Hey, do you? You want to fly? Different playing the team. You? Hey, whatever, James. As long as come game time, you put on the James Harden show. And then when James decided this team isn't good enough, yeah, I, no, no, I'm out of here, and just turned everything down with the Rockets. And then he did it again <laughs> in Brooklyn. He do it in Philly. Oh, that's a shame. I'm just I was surprised Daryl Morey put his foot down and said, Oh yeah, James, you're not you're not a max player anymore. So we're not gonna give you max money. What? <laughs> say what? But Daryl. Y'all heard Big Perk say it. Daryl Morey knows where the dead bodies are. <laughs> That's what Perk said on ESPN early in the week. You know, that's figuratively that's 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 fact. Core brings up a point. I think Harden will show up but not take things serious and be a distraction to the point they handle like the Ben Simmons situation. That means fines. NRG Texan. Night 28, you'll see <laughs> him dropping honey buns at a club. Day 29, he'll be in camp. That's possible. Some would say plausible, probable. Yeah. You know? Oh, well. It'll get resolved one way or the other. Philly's not surprised at James' statement, according to Keith Pompey with the Inquirer in Philadelphia. As Andy noted, once the Sixers 
decided to end trade talks right now because, as Will said, of the lowball <laughs> offers. Philly's like, yeah, James, come to camp. Huh? <laughs> Say what? Oh, what? No. I don't want to come to camp. All right, James. Well, Daryl, you're a liar. Daryl Moore is a liar. All right, well. I don't trade him at all. If I'm Daryl Morey and I'm looking at the best option for the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't trade him. Because what is he going to do? He's a free agent. He'll be a 35-year-old free agent. What's he going to not play? Cut it out. He's going to play. He has to play. And Philly, from looking at it from a Philly perspective, what's what's the number you opted into? I don't off the top. I don't remember. 37, 36, 36. 36.4, something like that. Okay. 37. And then they have. Um, Tobias Harris comes money. Tobias Harris is 39 coming off. <laughs> so, so, yeah. right. So that's like, what? $76 million of cap space coming off? No, I'm not trading him. Yeah. No. Nope. How do you how do you convince Joel to just hold on for one more summer? There lies the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There lies the issue. Yeah. Andy, you're you're Daryl Morey. You're Nick Nurse. Joel. Next summer, we can have some cap space to do some things, to bring in some talent to help you, help us win and compete for a championship. Just stick with us through this season, and we'll make it happen next summer. Andy, could that work if Bill Embiid and his people? I don't think so. It's been several years where they've been having those problems. So we're just around the corner. We're one piece away. And when they had a player that probably could have helped them go over the, the get to the mountaintop, let them go. And they chose to buy service. The track record of the Philadelphia 76ers is not trustworthy. And I, no, I would be very surprised if Joel Embiid was persuaded by that argument. But Chris, would they even talk to him? Because they didn't talk to him before they fired Doc Rivers. So why would they talk to him in this Well, that, that too. And even if they did, what if Joel says, y'all lied to, me, to my man James? Why would I trust y'all now? Could do yeah. that. And to avoid that, they won't bother talking to him. Just to avoid that drama. I mean, what's Joel going to do? We don't have to trade him either, you know? Because they're, in the end, yes, the players are getting paid lots and lots of money. But the teams have ownership and GMs, and they still write those checks. So unless the players want to be truly hardcore and not play and risk not getting paid, they're going to do what they got to do. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're going to report? You're going you're gonna to play games? Well, well, we'll find you. Every game, game check. One, one out of 82. It's on you. Your choice. <laughs> what you, what you want to do. Unless you want to be an owner, you know, and write those checks yourself. And none of these dudes are in that position, Will. Well, one maybe might be. Well, eventually. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll see how, how it all plays out. These final moments. I just like making James is good copy for media. He's because he's like two different people. He's like Jacqueline Hyde. Stanford, Will. Stanford. What are they doing? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I still call me a homer at some way, some time, some point. They and Cal become teams 19 and 20 in the Big Ten. Like my math, teams 19 and 20 in the Big Ten. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you. <laughs> yep. Andy, your thoughts. What? Where will Stanford end up? I agree with Will. I think eventually it's going to happen. Those two programs will join the Big Ten. Wait, and even even though Condoleezza Rice and George H.W. Bush are tossing them, what trying to toss their weight around and convince the ACC to accept them and SMU for pennies on the dollar, Carolina's the straw that starts to drink the ACC, and they're not with it. So, end of discussion. And, and we know Florida State's not with it either. Right, right. You know, so, we know that. Yeah, but let me continue my pettiness 
my frustration at Condoleezza Rice specifically. Uh oh. Professor at Stanford, yeah. high academic institution, one of the elite academic institutions in the country, if not the world. Yep. She is really hammering home what we've said on folks talking sports since the beginning of FTS that college football specifically is big business. So she, a professor at a high academic institution is pushing for her university to join a conference cross country because of the money they could get from football, football, not academics, not worried about the volleyball players, the softball players, the Olympic sports where Stanford kicks butt, won the Director's Cup, what, 25 of the last 26 years or 28 out of 29, whatever. But she is pushing for, oh, that just screams to me, hypocrisy to high heaven. <laughs> I don't, am I wrong? Take this, Chris. You just mentioned volleyball. And to that point, um, the uh, women's volleyball team at Ohio State had an exhibition game today against Pitt. I bring them up because later this season, they have they're playing in the Big Ten Pac-12 Challenge. They play Oregon one night. They play Stanford the next. One for sure, but in a short time, potentially both of those will be conference games. Volley, women's volleyball. Right. Yeah. Oregon, Ohio State is playing Oregon and Stanford. And I want to say next uh, – I want to say it's next week. It's on the schedule. I don't have for certain. But that's just – to your point, that's that's funny to me. Like, volleyball. I, I, I just – let's see your comment. Rec32. Got a lot of comments here. And tonight is the first time Folk Talking Sports is simulcasting on the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel and the newly created Folks Talking Sports YouTube channel which in due time build up and get subscribers on that channel to got to grow the audience, grow the base and get advertising. Got told no by one a sponsor from last who sponsored last year was told no, not at least not at this time. Do what you got to do to go forward and spread the base, but we're not going to go cross country and ruin our academics for our student assets. But anyway, <clears throat> Big team waiting for ACC breakup to get schools. Heck, so is Big 12. <laughs> you know, Stanford may end up like Rice. Time, time will tell, but Stanford in the ACC. Why isn't Condoleezza Rice just merely pushing for a look? I was on the, the BCS committee, football committee. I know football makes college sports go around, but really we need to be pushing for football to be its own separate entity push for that yeah it's time for that i don't i just then chris you you're you're saying the quiet you're saying the quiet part aloud at that point and that's what's hold up that's the hold up that's that's the hold up i i get it and i'll um and i'll just respond to it this way if they want to change They'll change rather than give us excuses of, well, it would, we don't have one particular person in charge. So it'd be a lot of individual, well, hell, then get one person in charge. There, if you want to make this happen, you can make it happen. Well, the the TV negotiations will be too complicated to get done because it'll be, come on, you tell me, ESPN, Fox. NBC, CBS, whatever, would not tear up any existing media rights deal. Okay, so we got we finally got the power three, power four conferences for football only. We got our Premier League for college football. Let's make it happen. Yep. Let's talk money. Let's get this done. Yep. And then go back to regional conferences for every for the Olympic sports. Make that happen. Because Will, we said it on here. Yep. And it's been mentioned a little bit. It's in pieces here and there. Notre Dame, football is independent. Hockey is where? The Big Ten. 
And everything else is where? ACC. Oh, so it can, you mean it can be done? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I, I was told it couldn't be done. Yep. My my fault there. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I'm I get, make it make sense. Make it make sense. It is. It's it. It's dollars and cents. That's it. it. Yeah, yes, it's dollars and cents. And because of it's dollars and cents, y'all could do this and make change for the better if you wanted to get it done. These final moments, Andy. I gotta say this. Salute to my alma mater and the fans who attended Saturday's Fan Day Fan Fest on campus inside the Cougars football practice facility. Well, it was well attended. Nice. I was surprised at how many folks were there. It was people lined up all over the facility. They had football players on both sides on the sidelines, had the coaches in the middle of the field, and were signing autographs, posters for the fans for an hour and a half, two hours. Nice. Very impressive. So much so, rather than tweeting out what Andy, I think, is known for a while, most media that follows the Cook football team, as expected, when Dana Hogerson said that Donovan Smith, he named Donovan the starting quarterback. It wasn't breaking news. I didn't tweet that. I asked Coach Hogerson if he'd like to see the Fan Day Fan Fest continue in the future. His response. Fan Fest, like, like to continue going forward? Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, this, this is a new era for Houston, uh, the University of Houston, for the athletic department. Obviously, football, this is a new era. This is Big 12. This is what it feels like. I've been in this conference for 16 years. This is what it feels like. Uh, you know, everybody says, how much, how much is Big 12 going to help in recruiting? It's going to help. You know, if the schedule helps, but the game day feel needs to be a Big 12 Power 5 game day feel. That's why we're pumping season tickets. That's why uh, we've increased season ticket sales. You know, people need to be there. Recruits need to experience a Big 12 Power 5 game day. I'm excited about that moving forward, you know. You know, and then obviously that building that gets built outside that, that door right there, that needs to start in December, which it will. Uh, that'll move the needle as well. So, kudos. There yes. we go. He's That's what you want to hear from your coach. Exactly. Give credit, he, give credit to Holgerson. He's been consistent about it. Will, just to clarify that, when he turned around and he said that thing over there needs to get built, he's referring to the football development facility or the football-only facility that they're expected to break ground on the moment um, the, the 2023 season ends for the Cougars. Nice. December 3rd. Because <laughs> they won't be in the Big 12 championship football game. Wow. Barring some miracle. Well, after the last home game. After the yeah, last. So, you know. After and the he, last he home also game. said, <clears throat> he also said in all of this to another tip of the cap to Houston Athletics Media Department, which is on their YouTube channel for Houston Athletics, no longer UH Content Solutions. Thank God they changed that name. He also said that starting tomorrow, August 21st, he is going to do more promoting, getting out and about, encouraging students, fans to buy tickets, come to the home games. It was like a different dude. <laughs> it was like, who? where has this guy been? <laughs> but I was glad to hear him say it. See, Corey, right there. Wow. Dana acknowledged it. He said that he knows he's been, some folks have been critical of him for not doing enough of that. He's going to start doing that. He said it. So maybe he's turning a new leaf. Maybe because the Cougs are finally finally in the Big 12. Whatever the reason. The green light. Well, that too, because he did kind of hint at regarding regarding the fan fest. Because the part you heard was my question, his answer to my question. Prior to that, he kind of intimated. Because he said he would like to have, to have done Fan Fest before. And he kind of, he said, for whatever reason, they weren't done before. 
I would like to send this prior. So I don't know mm. who that's a little rock toss at. Andy, maybe <laughs> Coach is Hogerson is getting like Coach Samson. Where marketing hasn't done it in the past, we're going to do it ourselves. I, hey, I, I don't know, but he did kind of say, he hinted at it. But going forward, and that clip from him, that needs to be plastered over on UH platforms for the whole year to get fans because, mm-hmm. heck, as Corey said it, as NRG said it, it's like a different Dana. <laughs> Dana's feeling loose. It's a different atmosphere, different vibe. Folks, more folks hear that they might be Dana's. Wow, Dana really said that? <laughs> really? He said that? Good for him. Who knows? I'm going to be petty for a second. Please, go ahead. So hearing that, and that being the new Dana, and he's intimated, as you said, for whatever reason it wasn't done before, could it be that everything we've seen from him prior was his retaliation saying, oh, you don't want to do it my way? Okay, well, I'm not just, I'm going to do this. So all of the other things that he would say and do when we were criticizing, he really had an end game, and it was to get to this point. I don't know. I'm making it up. No, no, no chance. Yeah. No I, chance, Will. No, I won't say no chance. It's unlikely. Okay. Because my counter to that say, would be – go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. The only thing I would say is that Dana Hogerson really – he, at least – and obviously we have, we're not, like, in the meetings. We don't know the inside specifics of what goes on um, in Dana Hogerson's offices inside the UH football. But to me, he comes across as a very um, – in the moment guy like what he's thinking he's gonna let you know uh chris you could correct me if if that's the that's the vibe i pick up from him so to, especially in previous years like when dana hogerson has something in his mind and he wants to say it especially when he's riled up he's gonna say it okay and and and, and in that case he's not different that much different than coach sampson will yeah. coach sampson has cut all three of our heads <laughs> at, at one point he speaks his mind, Literally. you know, Literally. and Andy cropping them locks right there. Get getting those locks cropped. I'm smiling. Question, question for you, Will. You know anything about JT Kidna? Plays at Lakota East in Ohio. No, John. Other than Sean Kidna's son, I don't know a lot. No, no, I don't. High school football is not my piece. Although I did follow uh, a game in Georgia this weekend. Uh, had two recruits that Ohio State won. 2024 is signing the other in 2026 is just crazy. A 2026 recruit. How about that? But uh, no, to answer your question, I don't know a lot about him. Okay. And this from Joe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he did that help freshman because yesterday well, Saturday was moving day for kids on campus. He might have. I haven't seen any footage of that. But then again, I haven't seen. I don't know if Coach Sampson did that yet. Maybe they'll will share that on the platform starting they've on done Monday. It in years past, I'm pretty Coach Sampson, sure. Yeah, he's done it in years past. But we have if they I've did it yesterday. Of Hogerson do it as well. In years yeah, past. I think he has. Yeah, mm-hmm. just haven't seen it yet from yesterday. Existed. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, posted yet. The H Town vibe, take takeover vibe. I'm saying, oh, okay, NRG says, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen videos of Hogerson out there. So, Will, I say all these positive things about Coach Hogerson, the impressive turnout, fan turnout Saturday at the Fan Fest. I'm still hearing people. I'm not convinced. (laughs) I've just. I'm not gonna. I believe it when I see it. I'm not still don't have any. Sum it up like this, Will. Yep. I'm waiting for basketball season. Wow. That's 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 what I'm getting from from a lot of friends, college alums. I'm waiting for basketball season. Wow. I'm like, man, this is a football city, right? This <laughs> right. This is a football. Ace time is still football. Wow. Yeah, Chris, but I'm still looking forward to basketball season more. <laughs> but Andy, 
How many wins in Big 12, Andy? How many you, you predict? Five and four, sir. And Five how many wins. overall? Overall, put them at... Well, it would have to be eight if they get five conference wins because well, yeah, I don't know what it have to. Be. They're not losing to Rice. They're not losing to Sam Houston. And the Tom Setter week one, week one September two against UTSA. In order for them to win five conference games, I think they have to go um, home opener and beat UTSA with their newly announced starting quarterback in Donovan Smith. Exactly. That the game, the season, the tone of the season will be set week one. Don't coaches get fired for eight wins? I'm sorry. Not anymore. This is the first game of the Big 12, sir. Yeah, not not I, anymore. I'm just repeating and, what I heard. Once right. Before. And you heard that correctly. Okay. But the goal this year, Will, is to get up get to a bowl game. Win six games. That's the goal. And they will achieve it according that, to that, my predictions. Yeah. Andy says they're going to get that done. I do not encourage but back, you to back take to this, this statement. Advice. Let me get back to it. I've heard from a few other colleagues. I'm not the only one who thinks they're going to lose to UTSA. <laughs> All right. And I, the biggest thing about UT, I mean, honestly, the biggest thing is just about the inconsistency, especially last season when it came to the, the football team. And even going back to 2021 when they won 12 games, a lot of those games came down to the wire and it was just the ball bouncing Houston's way. When it, went, when it came to that 11-game winning streak that pushed the catapults them into the American Athletic Conference championship games, I think that's probably the biggest thing where, from a fan perspective, you can see why they're not fully invested, especially after last season when they the expectations that that team had heading into the season and not meeting him all the way, it, it, it did leave a sour taste in their mouths, and it's 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 a lot of wait and see. That's That's... The, that's the mindset around Houston football, Houston Cougars football. Well, what are you going to say? So, a uh, couple things. Five and four doesn't eat you to the Big 12 championship game. And then no. I guess I was thinking, all right, you said the goal is to get to a bowl game. So that's six wins. It's what the athletic director said. Yeah. Yep. So, when, so, six wins. Six wins up here is early October. When do you expect that team in Houston, the Cougars, to get to six wins based on their schedule? I have to look at the schedule. Uh, November? Last two games of the season? End of October. Like first that. week of November. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, first year in the Big 12. You know, Andy got to go on 3 0 non conference. So that's half of it right there. All so right. in mm-hmm. Andy's scenario, they should get to six in late October, right? Ain't something right around there, mm-hmm. roughly, for the first week of November, something like that. Okay, got it. And I think this um, Joe Mendez, and I'm pretty sure he's referring to Week One against UTSA. I know there's a lot of buzz in terms of the Big Twelve games, TCU home opener, of course, the big one uh, when Texas comes to town. But I think it'll be very interesting to see what the turnout at TDCU is for that week one game. It's not going to be in the afternoon. It's going to be a 6 p.m. kickoff evening. Right. It, it'll still be hot, but obviously yeah, you can you can manage about an hour and a half in the in the evening sun by September 2, which you know, I say that it, it's well, still going to be steaming ho- hot. <laughs> yeah, hopefully by that time it won't be 100-plus degrees in September 2nd. It, it probably might be based on the extended rain. forecast. Yeah, exactly. When I, hopefully, it's been rained by then. But it, not that, notwithstanding, what what very well should be important is for that game, if it's a if it's as close to a sellout as possible. And honestly, it should be a sellout because then you, there's a message getting across when it comes to UH fans that it's not just the Big Twelve schedule. It's Houston. We're here to support right. Houston, and especially you know a couple of weeks later when they play Sam Houston. That that one, based off years past, well, I'd be surprised if there's 30,000 fans for that game. But hopefully, I'm wrong. And hopefully, it's closer to a sellout when it's not just those premier games, specifically when it's TCU and, and, and Texas. So, help me out again. Sellout is 40,000 40, to sell out? 40,000 is the yeah. seating capacity, the official seating oh. capacity at TCU. Yeah. Right. And y'all, hey, I've been consistent. I've said maintain it. Too many times. The alums, UH alums, didn't buy tickets because of the opponent. 
rather than just supporting the Kooks. Come see the Kooks. That first game is right. Andy's right. Should be a sellout. It should be a sellout. I'd be shocked if it is, but it should be a sellout. How's the rise up? Is it rise up? Raise up? Rise, rise up. up. Yeah. Man. How's that? I haven't got too many updates on that lately. Brex, thirty-two. Well, that that'll help as long as it's more red than orange <laughs> in in the stadium. By a, lot, a lot, like you know, eighty percent red. I, I'm okay with that. Kinda, I think. <clears throat> but still, a sellout. That's the objective. That's where I'm saying. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Oh, let me let me do this. As folks talking sports is still going to do this on IG and threads. Start, start following us, the show on those two platforms, as well as begin subscribing to folks talking sports on YouTube. Andy Yanez, you're first up, and then Will, and then me, and then we'll close it out, and I'll get ready for tonight's Let's Talk Houston Rockets live stream show. Andy, you got it. Ooh, Chris, you're doing back-to-back shows. Look at you. Uh, people can follow me on X at Ayanez underscore five, and be sure to subscribe to the Jamma YouTube channel on YouTube.com, not to be redundant, but... Less than two weeks until September 2 when the Houston Cougars football team opens up their inaugural Big 12 season. And that will also mark the return of Let's Rage Cougs, the unofficial postgame show of Houston Athletics. Willie Gibson. Sir, you can reach me, contact me on, I'm still a contrarian, on Twitter at Will Gibson 7 as well as Instagram Will Gibson 7. Um, Facebook Will Knows. And... Me, I am going to do that again there, of course. Folks Talk Sports, IG, and Threads. Got my Folks Talk Sports mug. See, get the light out of there. I can get the shine. There we go, a little shine there. Folks talking Sports mug. Get yours. Link is posted in the video. FTS mug, support the show. Reach out to us. And I learned something that uh, younger generations... Will, don't email. They interact on DMs and on the gram. Yeah, they slide into your DMs. And bro. I was had, had the big thriller. One of the viewers said to me that he doesn't email. So we're going to try to get him on the show, a future show, talk about TSU and SWAC football. He said, Chris, I'm, I'm on Instagram more. I message on Instagram more than, than I do email. Like, oh, I never thought about that. It makes sense, but okay. But yes, I'm KG, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Thank you very much for watching the show. Hope you enjoyed the show with our guest. For the first part of the show, Carlos Quintero. First from Rice Wins Basketball and now at Sharpstown, coaching at Sharpstown, teaching at Sharpstown High School as well. Follow me. See the info there. IG Threads, TikTok at Houston Round Bar View. Thank you very much because those numbers are growing on all those platforms at Houston Round Bar View on the Gram, Threads, and TikTok. Houston Round Bar Review since 1994. Local name, global perspective. It's for my colleagues, Willie Gibson and Andy Yanez. Real Thank quick, you, everybody. First. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to make sure that we highlight that again. The clip of Dana Hogerson that you showcased. It was your footage, and like you mentioned during the show, your question. Yes. Correct. Correct. So make sure you point that out. No reason why Houston Round Bar Review and you specifically, Chris. Not be credentialed for football. I'll just say it. You're not. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll... Not yet. No, <clears throat> no, not for games. I can obviously I can be at the practice and stuff, but not yet for football games. No, not yet. Wow. Okay. And most likely, doesn't seem like it'll be for a season credential. So it'd be game by game. So thank you for <clears throat> Andy. Thank you for putting it out there. I appreciate that. But as I touched on it in the final moment, closing it out, going to do a Let's Talk Houston Rockets show tonight, 8, 39 o'clock Central, Brother Gibson. Okay. I was like, wait a minute, back to back? Oh. Sure. We're going to take a look at the Rockets games in February. So Rocket fans have been really great the last three nights looking at the schedules for October, November, December, and January, making predictions. A lot of fun. So join me 
on the Houston Round Bar View on YouTube as we take a look at the Rockets' February schedule. Thank you very much. As always, great conversation, great time. What are we going to say? Got something you want to say? I miss December. I miss December, Chris. Did you have the Rockets playing December 9th? Will. <laughs> uh, what, what is it? Because the Rockets play the Cavs on like the 18th? 18th. It is 18th. And it's Stop. a back-to-back because they play the Bucks on the 17th. Yep. And for some reason, this is not me, but for some reason, most of the viewers, Rocket family members of the show, yep. picked the Rockets to win that game against Cleveland. That's the second out of back-to-back. That's and good. I was like, really? <laughs> Where's that game going to get played? It's in Cleveland. That's in Cleveland. That's, oh. that's on the road. So in Milwaukee and then in Cleveland. Bless mm. their hearts. And I was like, okay. And I, I I was like, y'all do remember Cleveland is good, right? <laughs> like, <they're> not, you <laughs> know, Even when Cleveland hey. was not good, they always gave Houston problems. I, in Cleveland. I was like, okay. But hey, it's, that's part of the fun of interacting with the Rocket fans. So it's all good and more conversation. And of course, they know I'm a, a Pistons fan. So all of them. Chris, you know, the Rockets going to sweep Detroit. Be both be twice, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. You know it's it's all good. But New Year's Day, Rockets in Detroit in Nate's town, and they all everybody. That's that's a dub, easy dub for the Rockets, Chris. Easy W. I'm like, okay, you know, we'll see. <laughs> all right, but Marcus tune in Sapp later homecoming. on. Homecoming for that, and I think Jarris Walker and the Pacers come back. Their home game or well, the game in Houston, I want to say is in December. So Jarris will come back to town with the Pacers then. But as always, a lot of fun talking with you guys. Willie, Andy, appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words, Andy. And to the fans, Corey, Rex, Joe Mendez, NRG. I think Tony M popped in as well. Spread the word about the show. Spread the word about folks talking sports on IG threads, TikTok, and now separately on YouTube. Until next Sunday, guys. Yes? Yep. All right. Until next Sunday. Everybody take care. Peace.